welcome in to a, another episode of the Westlife Podcast. I am your host, Josh Barnett, and we are brought to you by Holman Barnes Group, which includes West Ashfield Lees Club, the best place to watch the games live and loud. Uh, you can do that on a Saturday when we take on the Warriors and the girls game, which escapes me. I'm sure as will fill me in. I actually can't remember when the girls are playing next week, but we'll preview those games on Wednesday night. Uh, we're coming in a little bit early. Uh, we're getting our episode done before the Matildas game tonight. We just saw that Sam Kerr is out again. But um, So you guys who are watching us live, joining us live tonight can uh, be free to watch the soccer and those listening back. Uh, you'll either be really, really angry on a uh, Tuesday morning or really, really uh, pumped for the uh, for the soccer. So come on, Matildas. Uh, yes, give us a follow at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And in the uh, profiles for those pages, you can find our link tree, which will send you in any direction you want. Where you want to, if you want to find an outlet to listen to the podcast, our YouTube channel. Uh, shouts to the people who are tuning in tonight, a little bit early, off schedule. We try to. Keep, yeah, like I said, keep the schedule as clean and consistent as possible. But um, yeah, we just couldn't bring ourselves to get in the way of the Matildas tonight because literally probably no one would have listened. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Westlife. Uh, super fan, super Patreon. Gussie has a little little surprise for us later in the show, which um, is worth sticking around for. He's put together something in collaboration uh, with uh, Mr. Bashara this morning. But um, let's go to, we'll go to our special guest tonight. So from the Australian Broadcast Corporation, it's a corporation, isn't it? A C? Uh, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> it's only your employer. Uh, Joel, <laughs> how are you going on this Monday evening? Of course, uh, some may remember Joel from a uh, event pod this season not too long ago. Yeah, it came on um, for event pod. I think maybe after like round two, really oh, I was straight into this it. Season, yeah, this season's just <clears throat> flown by, hasn't it? It has. Uh, but hello, Josh. Hello, Aaron. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, uh, not too bad for a Monday. I, I feel like Mondays for us Tigers fans are sort of sorry day. So happy sorry day <laughs> to all the Tigers fans, and not doing too bad. I. You know, we can get into it a bit later, obviously, but after a loss now, I don't feel as bad as I used to, and I don't know what has changed for me, but I'm feeling all right. Not bad for a Monday. Uh, sorry, Dave. You definitely do work at the ABC. That's a very ABC thing to say. Aaron, Mr. Thompson, you uh, watched the game, We or we watched the game uh, with several other angry, passionate West Tigers fans at West Ashfield Leagues on Sunday. We'll watch both games on Sunday afternoon on the big screen. Your first visit to the mothership that is West Ashfield. Uh, despite the result, yeah, it wasn't a bad afternoon. We shared a pizza. Uh, nine, it was nine bucks for a pizza. Unbelievable. So, shouts to West Ashfield for putting on that um, that deal there. But um, how you're 20, what are we, 24 plus an extra... Give it 25, 26 hours since uh, full-time yesterday has. Yeah, g'day, Josh. G'day, Joel. A uh, bit disappointing, the result, obviously. No one wants to lose um, the way we did. Yeah, it's be- becoming a regular thing that we're waiting up, waiting on Monday morning slash afternoon for these weekly apologies to come through. And uh, mm. most of them this season have included something to do with how the Tigers have been guess quote unquote robbed in some way shape or form um we'll have yeah it's becoming a weekly tradition hopefully it doesn't stay that way but there's definitely a bias against the the teams that aren't so crash hot yeah the theme of the show tonight is we're going to start with uh referee stuff let's start with Sheenzy's press conference and him talking uh talking about them there other than they they uh first try uh a bit disappointed. I, I feel there was a forward pass in that try. Then the bounce came back for him. Yeah. So yeah, when it's when it's, things are happening, they're happening against you like that. So we didn't get the any luck there. But um, yeah, I was pretty disappointed with a few of the decisions. I got to congratulate Rick for um, coaching a side that didn't give away one set of six extra set of six, according to our statistician. So very good coaching. Was it one of the, I think it was the first try of the second half where it might have been a tap on 
or something from Jack White. Is that the forward pass you're talking about? Oh no, there was a couple. There was one, yeah, one. There was one second half, first try, mm-hmm. the lead up, lead up pass. I was, uh, yeah, looking at it, I was pretty unhappy with that. So that's something I'll take up with the referees as I do every week. So, but um, yeah, it's just a bit disappointing. A number of issues, but saying that. Um, the ball bounced their way tonight, and um, we we had probably the opportunity to win it, and didn't. Um, uh, right up to that last set, we, we could have got back into the game. Joel, it's uh, obviously the theme of the show. We're going to talk about the officiating, but does it make it worse because the team is? Uh, in some, we basically need every bit of help we can get. It kind of compounds a little bit more. Or do you feel that we are have been absolutely hard done by? in, uh, I feel like, recent years from the officiating. No, I, I agree with all that. The last few years, it seems, maybe maybe even half a decade or more, mm. we've just had... And, I like, I get it. I know a lot of teams will always complain about, you know, we the refs on the other team side and all this sort of stuff. But I, surely there has to be some sort of stat out there that shows that the Tigers and the, you know, the teams that have been struggling the last few years, the Dogs and the Dragons, just don't get the rub of the green. Those 50-50 calls are never going to go our way. And even, even I don't even know if it's got to do with something, you know, like um, we have 40,000 home grounds. And if we were just to play at maybe Leichhardt and Campbelltown, our home crowd would be much more... Vocal, and then we'd get a few more Mm. calls going our way. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I do think that, and I think most people would agree, the lower-ranked teams really um, just do not get the calls go their way. Mm. I'm trying to think of a Leichhardt, a bad call at Leichhardt in recent times. Definitely Campbelltown. We we had the Luciano Leilua. We didn't... Uh, he scored a try and they didn't even send it upstairs. Yeah. Uh, we've had it. Yeah. I feel like Campbelltown, we've had a couple of dodgy things, but Leichhardt, we had the, I think it was Melbourne or Manly scored uh, after the, basically the, the buzzer didn't go off for half time in time and they got an extra play and scored on the buzzer when it should have been full time. I remember that Leichhardt, that was several years ago. Now, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, if you... yeah, you're right. Like you're that you think of a couple of examples, mm. whereas I'm sure most of it would have gone our way. Yeah, most of them said to be on the road for sure. Yep. Um, as are you still there? Your camera's off, but you still got it's audio. Has it? Uh, gosh, that's all right. All good. We can we can hear your voice loud and clear. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders in this one? <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not shy quarterbacks, are they? Um, yeah, it's getting ridiculous, honestly. Uh, the the thing that frustrates me about the bunker and not being able to rule on forward passes or passes that have gone forward out of the hands um, would probably be the better way to describe it, is they can rule on when a player is offside or in front of a kicker or whatever by a, micro, by a micrometer, like inches, and they're offside, yet they can't say that player has thrown the ball forward and it's then therefore traveled even further forward. And the case with the, f- the first one um, in the second half, or the, the, which was the third of the game, we had three tries scored against us uh, that were directly involving a forward pass or a forward pass in the play before um, that one, the ball touched the ground. That should have been, the bunker should have been able to overturn that one because that's technically mm. a knock on. It's gone yeah. forward and hit the ground forward. So that's a knock-on. Like, why the frick mm. has the bunker not pulled that one back for a knock-on at the very least? Well, we're gonna, I'm going to change it up a little bit. So I'm going to mix Sheensy's presser with Graham Annesley's uh, weekly report press conference that he did this afternoon. So he addressed it. He was asked about it. And here is him, uh, the first clip of him, Talking about the, he only well, he only addressed. Sheezy mentioned a couple. There was said there was a couple of them. He's only this is purely only the white and one. He didn't even address the other one. So obviously the one leading to a try by uh, Jack White. So here's what Annesley said today in regards to that. This one, however, um, is pretty close to the centre camera. We're uh, we're only forty metres out. 
Um, uh, so we're 10 metres from where the position of the camera is. And you can see uh, as Jack Whiten passes this ball, if you look at the motion of the hands, it appears to be forward. The ball floats over the top. There's an, there's an attempt to, to bat the ball on there. Um, so, and you can see the touch judge at the bottom of the screen who is you know, pretty much in line with this. And you can also, I, I just go back here to after Jack Whiten passes the ball, he gets knocked over, which always makes things look worse uh, after a, uh, a ball is passed and a player gets knocked over. But, and of course, to, to finish it off, it hits the ground and bounces, uh, which makes the whole thing, you know, look a bit of a mess, to be honest. But um, the only reason it's an issue, or the only reason it, it will be an issue, is if the ball's passed forward out of the hands and, and is passed directly forward. And I think uh, looking at this one with a camera on the halfway line, I don't think you can reach much other conclusion than this was a forward pass. Um, so uh, the touch judge cleared it. And, uh, and of course, uh, we know uh, that uh, Sebastian Chris uh, went on to school. Any questions on that one? What's the touchy doing there? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the next part of that. But, Joel, the, look, Graham Annesley has come out and he's admitted they're wrong. Not for the, uh, the first time we've heard Graham. Uh, we've been talking about it being an apology today. I don't think she uses the word sorry. It's just like, oh, we got it wrong. But yeah. Does that make you feel any better as a West Tigers fan? Not at all. I actually didn't even think Aaron's completely right. It is a knock on. And Gray Mannersley just said it then that the ball traveled forward and hit the ground. A knock on. He should know that's a knock on. Mm. Um, very Maybe strange. It, it, it annoys me, I think, a little bit more. Also, that, I mean, I think you're going to talk about the touch judges next, but I remember watching and he stood there. Um, and they started to make their break, and he was still standing there as if uh, he was thinking about it. Yeah. yeah, should I call this back? No, I just, mm. I've got it. No, I'm not going to say it. I've got a couple of dolls on camera. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, as I'll go to you, I'll, we'll go to the next part when he's um, so Annesley goes on further. I mean, clearly he's not ignoring forward passes, but from his perspective at ground level, uh, you know, he's got a number of things happening here. As I said, he, you see uh, Whiten gets, uh, uh, gets jolted back after he passes the ball. The ball then travels across the face of, uh, is that Young, I think? And then, uh, and then uh, hits the ground. So there's like three things happening in the one, in the one incident. Now, for... One reason or another, that's affected his judgment of that out, of that particular pass, uh, and you know, no doubt, from where he was, he thought the pass was okay. If he doesn't think the pass is okay, he calls it forward. You know, there are plenty of times I've seen passes in games where I see touch judges call it forward, and I think, really, that doesn't look like a forward pass to me. Here we've got an example of one where uh, the touch judge has gone with the play because he clearly felt it wasn't forward. But you can only look at the evidence that we've got to look at, which is a camera that is not in line with it, but as close as you can get to being in line with it other than if the pass was thrown on the halfway line. And I don't think any logical observer um, or reasonable observer would look at that and say it's not a forward pass. Mm. Yeah, so a reasonable observer, you're literally paying uh, six figures to hold that literally in line with it. Graham, as what a whole lot of absolute bullshit there from Graham. Like to say that Jack Whiten being tackled made it harder to determine if it was a forward pass. So we're not talking like, it's not a forward pass, it's a line ball. It's like almost an offside penalty. It went that far forward. Yeah, they're always trying, he's always trying to come up with excuses for them. That to me is the worst part. There's no accountability. It's like, oh, they might have seen it this way, so therefore... Uh, that's there. He did the same thing um, for the no try in the first minute of our game against Newcastle. Um, and he did the same thing for the uh, the try not being pulled up um, in our first game against Canberra where Brooks was shoved in the back. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Um, one last clip. So he... Uh, he gets asked about whether the bunker can be used to 
uh, overturned forward passes. Definitely forward. Tiger's robbed again, but yeah. And I, and I know that there are um, people who would suggest that we should be able to use the existing technology that we have uh, to rule on these types of incidents. But how do you determine which ones you do and which ones you don't? As I said, there were other in- examples. There was another pass in this game on the far side of the field where the ball was lofted over the top. It was called forward. And, you know, you could probably mount an argument that that wasn't forward. It was, you know, one like we looked at last week. Um, there were other passes in this game where, you know, short passes where, again, you just look at it and you say, gosh, it, it could have been, um, but you don't know for certain. So which passes do we call it into play for uh, and which one's not? You know, I mean, do we... How do you have, how do you have kind of the blatant test? You know, how, how, who decides what's a blatant forward pass and what isn't? So it, it will get us into even more strife because we'll have people arguing about whether it should have been used on one and not on another. At the moment it can't be used on any of them. And remember we've got a referee, two touch judges who are as close as you can get to the action, closer than cameras in most cases and certainly more in line than cameras but at times they can be wrong too. Yeah, a lot of concerning things uh, amongst that. So he says, to when can you use them? So I had a bit of a, uh, I saw Mr. Bashara, he said on Twitter today, he doesn't think the bunker should be allowed to be able to rule on forward passes. But honestly, says there, when do you know when to use it? Why can you not use it if there's if it's just clear evidence beyond reasonable doubt? He himself said with his pass, this Jack Whiten one, that any logical person looking at this can say it's a forward pass. So why can't why can't the bunker intervene when it's just out and out like obvious? Like if it's a line ball, then just say, look, there's no not enough evidence to overturn. We do that with groundings and all sorts of things as. Exactly. Um, there are so many other areas of the game where it's like, well, they use discretion here. Why can't they use discretion there? Um, and for me, the forward passes, the whole thing, like I, I'm, as a one-eyed observer, a lot of the time, I'll call a pass forward if I think it's floated forward when obviously that's okay because like forward momentum, players are running forward, the ball may float forward, especially if it's a windy day. Um, but for blatantly obvious ones where the ball has clearly come forward out of the hands, um, that's where the line has to be drawn. That's where... Um, the bunker should be able to rule on them because there were three in that game that directly led to Raiders tries one way or another. There was the first try of the game before they got that miracle bounce off the kick in the in goal. There was a forward pass there. The second try they scored um, from Hudson Young, the play before the try was scored, there was a forward pass thrown probably about 20 meters out. And then there was that one they were talking about the Seb Chris one. I think it was at the start of the second half. Um, where that was both a forward pass and a knock-on. Like, take, pick your pick your poison. Like, that's both of them. That should have been pulled back one way or another, and there's no excuses for that. What are your thoughts um, on this, Joel? Do you think the bunker, we should be able to use the bunker for forward passes? Yeah. it. I mean, it's tough. Like, he said there, when when should we rule on a forward pass and when shouldn't? We, like if it goes forward, rule on a forward pass. That should be it. I mean, obviously there's going to be some that aren't going to get called because they're line balls and that's mm. just slightly ahead of line balls and that's fine. But like, we know we have the technology. We know it, it can be done. You watch, like if you watch the swimming, they have that world record red line. I'm sure that could mm. be. Oh, that's that been around 20 this. years. Yeah, exactly. That could work mm. somehow. Um, the issue so, there is what As said, though, because the ball can travel yeah, with, and with inertia and the wind and et cetera. The ball yeah. can travel forward. It's it's about how it comes out of the out of the hands. Then you can – I'm sure they're able to mm. watch the hands. Like, you know, they have yeah. rule on tries when there's 4,000 people on top of each other. Mm. It's it's doable. And I obviously you don't want the game to keep stopping and starting, but it's mm. the howlers. It's the one – 
from yesterday's game where it's quite obvious yeah that you should and and i think someone just said in the comments there why not why couldn't that be a captain's challenge you know yeah. if that's if that's the time to do it then say okay i want to challenge that pass that led to that try because um that was and we, if, it was clearly forward and if it's inconclusive keep you keep the challenge yeah yep which is the rule anyway exactly yeah um Right, any more from Sheenzy? We'll go back to Sheenzy talking elsewhere in uh, this game. Uh, let's go to Sheenzy talking about Brooksy. Let's talk a bit of Brooksy. What do you think of his performance? Yeah, he played well. Yeah, he played well. He's um, in his last handful of games for us. And uh, I'm pleased for him that uh, people have shut up and stopped bagging him. And, uh, and so, you know, mainly I've got a good kid there. Sucks that he's leaving next year. Well, it, it is what it is. Players come and go. Isn't Whiten leaving uh, Canberra? Yeah. Those things happen. So, but um, uh, yeah, we've just got to overcome that, and and you know, that's the way the game rolls. You know, everyone, no such thing as a well, very very rarely a one team player, you know, one club player these days in professional sport. So, um, uh, but you know. I'm, I'm really pleased for Brooksy showing what he's got. We've missed yeah. him. We've missed him with, uh, sorry, just, we've missed him with Adam Dewey on a regular basis and then Appy with the broken jaw. So we, we just haven't had consistently a spine on the field for periods of, of time, which uh, hasn't helped us either. As it might have been one of Brooksy's best games this year. He's been out injured a little bit, but um, he was, he was, Really good last week, and we'll see in the player ratings later on. He got pretty, uh, pretty good ratings from the fans as well. Yeah, he had a few howlers, but that's the thing with Brooksy, it's always going to be a rocks and diamonds performance. Um, my favorite play of his was when Rapinart was involved in a tackle, I think it was like third tackle or something. Um, he puts in a little chip kick over the top on the all the way down the other side of the um, other side of the field. And we almost score a try off it. Like we get a we get a repeat set, which was a really really smart bit of footy um, from Brooksy. Joel, was your thoughts on Brooksy? Yeah, I thought he had a great game. Uh, I was really happy with him yesterday. There, you know, he's still Brooks, and he's he he isn't the the game manager that we always wanted him to be. But he he had a I thought he had, he had a pretty good game. Um, a couple of nice kicks in there as well. I think he had a try assist. So, you know, I heard people saying like, oh, wouldn't, would you like to give Dane Laurie and, and Brooks a whole year together? Uh, I don't think so. I still think Brooks leaving is the best thing for us um, mm. and, and for him. And Hope, for him. I, you know, I really, sorry. Oh, I'm just yeah, great. echoing what you said, yeah. best, thing of, best thing for him. Yeah, and I hope he, you know, I hope he gets that number six spot because he will do so much better as a as a five eight. Yeah. Uh, here's Shinzi, uh, last bit of the press conference talking about uh, Charlie Staines. It wasn't. He was. He was only going to chair it if he could play. Is that fall down on me? You're good. You're good. It's going to say it's happened to the coach as well, not just uh, yeah. not just the boys. No. Um, yeah, it uh, yeah, it's a minor strain, but I, and I would doubt he'd be available next week. But um, we'll see. Yeah, so poor. Uh, we were, we're wondering as why Charlie Staines went off uh, late in this game. So hamstring, poor kid can't take a trick. I think it might have actually been after he scored his try, because um, he was in the hands of the trainer while Appy was taking the conversion. So I thought that might have had something to do with it. And he was getting a bit of a rub down on the field or something. So I thought maybe something he had tweaked something um, in in scoring the try because obviously he had, he did a fair bit of running to be on the other end of that, considering the play started all the way over the other side of the field um, and the other end of the field in Noffa's corner, and then it finished in um, his corner down down the Raiders' end. So yeah, I I feel bad for him. He like I said um, at Ashfield last night. He's he's definitely a a first grade um, back, and we definitely need those. Yeah, like you said, he just can't take a trick. Um, poor bugger. Joel, do you, would you like to see Charlie to get re-signed? There are rumours of him going back to 
Penrith, but he's without yeah. a contract officially. No, I think so. I think he, he, you know, staying on the field, he could make a pretty good winger for us. Pace is always something that you need. Uh, I know he's not much of a defender, but he's very quick. And uh, I think I think all teams need that that sort of, you know, Saab and Adokar mm. kind of winger. Yep. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I've, I feel so bad for him because he came over here. I think it was a swap with Peachy, right? Yeah, I feel like Peachy's played a lot more games for Penrith than than Staines has played for us this year. Uh, yeah, I hope he, I hope they give him another crack, give him another year. We definitely need, yeah, quality wingers. The speed, as you said, Joel, he he's an unbelievable finisher. Like he does, does his job as a winger. Obviously, he's not worth huge money, but yeah, I'd love this. Not yet, I'll be, anyway. I'd be happy. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. He's still young. He he's only twenty. Yeah, twenty two, I think. So, yeah, he's still. Still a kid, so uh, and you can't, as, you as, can't really blame him for the um, the medical emergency he suffered after the manly game, which oh, him yeah, out so long. like that that was just a really, really unfortunate yeah. thing, yeah, absolutely. Uh, as you mentioned before, that we're at West Ashfield yesterday, so they are offering uh, get up to 50% off an, an event space. So if you've got a, a party or a function, uh, if you book it on a Monday to Thursday. Uh, you can host it at West Ashfield, uh, Holman Barnes Group, just quietly. I did that for my wedding. I had my wedding on a weekday and got 20% off. So uh, you, they're talking my language here. Uh, for, it wasn't at West Ashfield, though. Uh, HolmanBarnesGroup.com.au and uh, slash our clubs. Uh, it's a pretty big link there. Just go to HolmanBarnesGroup.com.au if you're interested in, yeah, in an event space for absolutely anything. You can hire out that room with the massive screen that we're watching the footy on. They've got all sorts of spaces. How good was the pizza too? As really, um, it was pretty good. Proper, pizza. proper, proper Italian wood fire pizzas too. So the, the food set there's top notch as well. So I'm assuming they cater it and all that sort of thing. So yeah, home barns group. Twally wasn't there to pour a schooner though. No, Twally wasn't there pouring <laughs> a schooner. He was making tackles. They could have, could have got Sean. Sean Bloor was around. He was still in Sydney. He could have been pouring beers, pour a, pour a throffy for me, Blory. Uh, right over on to the news. So we said, I think we said it on Wednesday's show, as I don't know, all the shows are blurred into one. But Jaden Sullivan, we heard he was signing, he'd agreed to sign with the West Tigers on a three year deal. Uh, Buzz, old mate Buzz from the Telegraph, he's reporting. Uh, 2.2 over four. So, uh, Joel looking at about five, put 500k per year for uh, Mr. Sullivan from the Dragons. What are your thoughts on this signing? I mean, I'm pretty happy with it. I think he, you know, again, he's young, um, and he certainly has some skill. Um, he's got a bit to work on, but uh, you know, there is certainly something there with him. And I was doing, a, like, I went looking at uh, or speaking to some St. George followers and stuff, and a lot of them are quite upset about it. They were quite keen on possibly, not necessarily building a team around him, but sort of using him as one of the players they could build a team around. Mm. And, uh, I mean, you know, no one's going to know better than the, 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 the fans of that team. So I like it. I think it's not that much money. Even if he's just a backup half or whatever he's going to be, I'm all for it. Well, you, as what are your thoughts on Mr. Sullivan coming over? I was asked this question last night at Ashfield as well. Um, honestly, at this point, we can't be too picky. He's going to be a bit of a liability defensively um, without a proper system in place. And I don't know if we have that because obviously we've struggled with our defense this year. Um, he will add a lot more in attack, though, which is probably what we need more of a priority in. Um, because if we can start defending at least as half decently as we were doing early this season when we were conceding on average two and a half, three tries a game, hmm. um, it was going a lot better than after we flogged the Cowboys and then started conceding five tries a game, most games. Um, but yeah, we've, once we get into the 20-meter the zone on the attack, we, we just go completely to water. Um, having so many different halves combinations is part of the cause of that. And he's, he would, um, at the very least, add a new element of 
I guess, stability to to the to the halves. Um, yeah. And the more he plays, the better he'll get, the better um, we'll be in attack. And yeah, I, I think that could only be a good thing. But yeah, defensively, a liability needs to hmm. sort that out. Yeah, look, he's only 22. If you remember Benji, I've mentioned this on the show before, if you remember Benji in his first years, he was an absolute liability as well, and we hit him on the wing. So, yeah, how many young halfbacks are actually good defensively? Like, Cleary's a bit of an outlier in that one. He's pretty good defensively. Like, there's not many 22-year-old halfbacks that tackle like hookers. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see what he can bring. He's young. He's fresh. Um, as Joel mentioned earlier, Brooksy moving on is probably good for both parties and, yeah, maybe a new look for us and something for Benji, someone for Benji to work on. Um, just like just like Brooksy, I think um, Sullivan will be better as a running six. If we can get an organizing mm. seven, he'd be he'd be a good running six. Yep, and that could be Aiden Caesar, I guess. Yeah. Uh, another story, cool little, this was more of a feature article rather than news. If you want to look up Christian Nicolucci's story in the SMH, uh, he did a story with Dream Bullard. I just thought this was a cool little quote. So he said, uh, this whole year has been surreal. I never expected to play one NRL game, especially this year. I want to win a comp at the Tigers. I want to play for Fiji and Samoa. I want to play for New South Wales. We're on the up here. We're, we'll all be hungrier again next year. As we talked a little bit about this, uh, yesterday on the way to uh, West Ashwood Leagues, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's good to hear from this young kid who's very humble. Yeah, for sure. I love I love seeing articles like this, like the young kids who've been given their shot. They're hungry. They're passionate. They want to succeed. Um, the other part of the article that you didn't mention, well, that's not mentioned in that quote, is mm. the fact that he's. He's so humble, like how he goes and checks the team list every week to make sure he's still there. Um, he's working hard in training and during games to be the best player he can be. Obviously, he's got a bit of work to do in regards to communicating as a fullback, but I love seeing this sort of thing. Um, it's good to see that he wants to win a premiership with us, um, and I hope one day he does. We just need to lock him down and sign a big, get him to sign a big contract nice and soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Joel, what are your thoughts on... Dream Buller's season. So I love, I love him. I love him so much. I love him as a player. I love him as a person. Um, as Aaron said, you know, he just seems like a lovely guy. Uh, I was lucky enough to run into him after the the Cowboys when we won it at Leichhardt, and I think he'd scored his first try that night as well. Yeah, that's did, in the yeah. article. And he yeah. was he was so um, like. Didn't know what to do. That someone was like interested. What do in I do him. with my hands? <laughs> yeah, it was very much like that. I was like, "You had such a great game. I'm so like, congratulations. What a try!" And he's like, "Thank you, like, mate. I love you. Can I give you a hug?" <laughs> he's it's fast becoming kid. one of my favorite players. I'm I'm loving what Jareem's doing. Uh, good comment from Shay Sturgis on YouTube. Said him and uh, Kit Low. How do I say that name as? Uh, I think it's Lalili. Lalili. That, uh, that's all very, I've got from that, yeah. They were very respectful respectful to the older fans at the at the function. I assume Shay means the one in Canberra on Saturday night. But, uh, that, I mean, were the others, were the other 40 of them not respectful? But, no, that's good. <laughs> um, good to hear. Love the kids. Sign him up, as, as said. Right, on to the game itself. So, 22-18 was the score in the... And uh, yeah, ten six. So we actually no, it was tied the second half. Ten six at halftime. Lost and twelve twelve. Yeah, so the second half was a tie, which we did last week too. We tied the second half against the Rabbitohs too, didn't we? No, yeah, twelve so, twelve as well. I think. Yeah. So second half. Um, yeah. Any more thoughts on the game itself? We've we've talked uh, quite a lot of it. Obviously, the officiating, but outside. Of the officiating, Joel, what were your thoughts on this game? It seemed better. It's hard when you're a Tigers fan, you know, a, a really good game is sort of few and far between. So we get a lot of these games where they play quite well, but just not good enough. And that, that I think that was one of those games uh, yesterday afternoon. There are signs of 
a good team there and there are a few good things. We just lack a few things like, a you know, someone who can guide us around the park in the halves. I know we've got players like Clemmer and Ice who had quite good games and they lead from the front, but we just don't have that back to to get us around. And I, and I thought Dane Laurie tried really hard as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. it the, the finish was so like edgy. West Tigers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, that's exactly what it was. Very West Tigers. Um, but as I was saying earlier, I felt like once the game was over, normally like if this had happened last year or the year before last, I would have been furious and just gutted for like the rest of the evening, probably most of today as well. But it was like, the you know, we put that kick through, didn't get the ball back. Siren went and I was like, all right, I'm going to go play with the dog. So <laughs> I think, I don't know if I'm just used to it now. Yeah, we're just numb to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just it is. Mm. Good comment from Kylie um, as talking about Noffa's pass to a running Brooks and Stainsy finish here. That was possibly... Have we had a better try than that this year? Well, well we haven't had too many tries this year, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, touche. <laughs> I, I, think, um, I think our try of the year to this point will be that last one against the Cowboys where the entire spine linked up. All four spine players were involved in that try and Bateman finished it. I think that's probably our try of the season so far. But that one, definitely on the podium at the very least. Uh, mm. That was a beautiful piece of footy spectacular pass by Nofaluma. he's lost his speed um clearly but he made up for it with that absolute special pass mm. and then brooksy used his speed to get it out to charlie and charlie the finisher on the other side was um yeah beautiful try loved it yeah yeah that was like watching uh your winner out, out in front coming down the home straight riding uh riding charlie home there, that was. I, yeah. I think I remember saying though, um, just after we scored it to the guys that we were sitting with, like we were that close to blowing that try in a way mm. that only the Tigers could. Yeah. A uh, few stats from the game possession look 51 to 49 in our favor. So pretty much the same completion rates. Man, the Raiders 26 to 40 and to win the game. That's pretty. Look, is that pretty disgusting on us to not beat a team with 65%, 31 of 40 for us. Uh, running meters, pretty much bang on even post-contact meters. Yeah, Raiders only 20-ish more, so pretty even there. Line breaks, 8 to 1. We made one line break the whole, I guess an intercept doesn't count as a line break, does it? Uh, yeah, so I guess attacking-wise, tackle breaks, 48 to 29 for the Raiders as well. Uh, force dropouts. We, wait, did we force five dropouts? Is that yeah, right? we did. Yeah, because we there were three or four of them really early in the game mm. as well. Um, that has we to be a, a record. Bit of an attacking raid on them. That has to be the most we've had again. in a while. Uh, yeah, offloads eight to seven is a pretty even there. So Joel statistically. Yeah, fairly even. Just yeah, it's just a frustrating. Literally, we're, we're not. As Shane said in his press conference, I don't think I actually played that clip. Where every game they're in the fight, they're they're right thereabouts. Like the Raiders are a top four side at the moment, I believe. In the top four, fifth. In their fifth. They're fourth. They're fifth. Okay, I think they're tied fourth or something. So, they're, but they're up there. They're not uh, the Dragons or the Bulldogs. Like they. They took it to Canberra in Canberra. So, look, the context, we're just desperate for a win. The boys put up a fight. Yeah, and they that's what I was saying before. Like, there's those games where they really do put up a fight. Actually, I think most of the season they have. Maybe not mm. so much that Broncos game. Earlier, Broncos, right? Cowboys. Season, uh, and then the Cowboys, yeah, yeah. yeah. But most of the season they have put up a fight. Um, I do, you know, Canberra completing at 65%. You shouldn't win with that sort of completion mm. rate. You, but then you know we're seventy-seven percent. You want over eighty percent, I think, to win. So that that's a bit concerning. Um, but then you know they're not counting the uh, forward passes and stuff that led to yeah. Yep. So, yeah. You know. Uh, anything to add on this one, as before we move on to the other other games? 
Uh, not really too much. I always thought their forward mm. pack in particular would be very tough to contain. Um, they've got a lot of star power and firepower there, particularly um, on the bench as well. Uh, but I thought we took it to them really well. We just, again, same issue was most of the season. We just weren't able to capitalize on our chances. Uh, and we ended up losing the game off the back of that. Yep. And we'll talk about the players themselves later on in the uh, your player ratings. Uh, oh, missed tackles. I missed, missed the page here. 48 missed tackles. Okay, that's... Very concerning to twenty nine there, so oh yeah, that's uh, that's not good. So only eighty three percent tackle efficiency. So you're basically missing nearly two out of ten. That's almost a tackle a set. So that's not good. Uh, penalties conceded, uh, we conceded nine, them seven, and uh, I think Shane mentioned we didn't get we didn't get a single six again. Is that right? Yeah, we did not get a single yeah, six one, again. Yeah. Uh, right, a few stat lead, stats leaders. Uh, Stafford Toll had four tackle breaks. Uh, good uh, good running by uh, David Clemmer in this one. 193 metres and 77 post-contact metres. And that one line break in the whole game was Dane Laurie when he made that, that break. Uh, through the middle there. Literally one high break the whole game. So uh, the table, do we really care about the table that much? It, it's very even around the top eight. It's a, it's, a, it's a formality for us now. Yeah. So we're four behind the Dragons and what, 55 plus 17 is 672. Yeah, that's fucked. Um, <laughs> one company that isn't effed though, that is our friends at Mobile Corp. If you want to uh, support uh, they support local businesses by managing their IT, their networks, and their mobile devices. If you're a local business owner looking for a partner who would take away the hassle of dealing with IT issues, make sure you have cybersecurity in place and handle all your mobile device needs, then Mobile Corp can help. Uh, mobile Corp is family-run business with longtime supporter of the West Tigers. Uh, reach out to Stephen and the team at Mobile Corp. Check out Mobile Corp dot com dot au that's mobile c o r p dot com dot au and uh, our friends at mobile corp are also i was speaking to Stephen the other day going to be involved with our our, our merchandise item that we're working on uh, behind the scenes as well so uh, yeah keep an eye out for that we'll, we'll tell you more once we uh, yeah it's going to take a while for us to get get that up and running but pretty excited to uh, yeah, to get that out and see, uh, we've shown, told our Patreon members in the Discord kind of what we're doing, getting ideas from them too, kind of seeing what they what they like and uh, dislike as well. So, uh, in the other grades, so literally all four grades lost by a try this weekend to the Raiders. Would you believe it? So, in New South Wales Cup, they lost twenty eight to twenty two. They came back a little. I think they came back. From 14 nil down, took the lead and then lost the lead again. I believe in this one, but I didn't actually see the game itself. They're down to 11th. Their season is pretty much effed as well. In Jersey Flag, they lost by four, so 14 10. In Jersey Flag, uh, it was 8 6 at half time. So, yeah, just a try each. In the second half, so the flag uh, going down by a try as well. They're in ninth place as well. They're it's pretty close in the in the flag. There, it's a top five in the flag, isn't it? And they're four points. I think they're, so. Yeah, they're probably just yeah. They're probably mathematically, uh, yeah. They basically have to win every every game here on in. But at least our girls, they're flying the flag. They did lose twenty eight to twenty two earlier on Sunday as we watched this game as well. Bit of a heartbreaking one. Twelve or half time. Just um, the girls were just unlucky with injuries, and just there was a bit of a Murphy's Law with this one with the girls. Yeah, I I will say the one thing that impressed me the most about the girls was whenever they were faced with adversity, they they did their best to overcome it. Like we obviously had Ebony go down injured early; uh, she went off the field and then came back. Uh, we had Bucky go off the field as well. Um, Late in the game, after unfortunately, who's being, Bucky? Sorry, uh, Lazana Lutu. Okay, 
she went off the field after the Raiders scored their try through uh, Mona Lisa Soliola, I think it might have been. Um, that was a bit unfortunate. And then, obviously, we had the, the sin binning of Kezi Apps, um, which I don't think should have been a sin bin personally. But, yep, they they fought through the adversity. We ended up scoring a try while Kezi was in the bin after conceding one uh, off the set that followed the sin binning. Uh, but the girls didn't give up the fight. They kept in there. They kept at it. Uh, Leanne Tafunga scored an incredible hat-trick. She was fantastic. Um, the last try she scored in particular was a beautiful catch and pass from Pauline. Um, that was a, a very impressive pickup as well to get mm. it to get it out to her. Uh, yeah, I, I was really impressed with the girls. They might have lost, but I don't think they lost any admirers. The Raiders honestly are going to have a very tough team when it comes to playing them on their home field. I think that's mm. in the NRLW at the moment. I think the Raiders probably have the most important home ground advantage and probably the most difficult to overcome as the Roosters and Tigers have now found out two weeks in a row. Yeah. The Raiders definitely seemed like they had a, a solid, big, heavy team. There was some, uh, yeah, it's just real nuggety built ladies in that team. Um, and one with a goatee as well. Uh, Joel, what were your thoughts on... Yeah, so I got to watch bits and pieces of this game. I thought they still looked good. I know, I think prior to this game, they only let in eight points. So 28 is uh, a lot, but their attack is um, like... I I don't know. It's, you know, we're not used to it from watching the the men's team play for so long. So... Very enjoyable, uh, a very enjoyable team to watch, and yep. yeah, I can't wait to see how they go. I know they've dropped a couple of places on the ladder; they were sitting first, um, but have dropped down to like fourth now. Ladder, so you're, you're trying to bring that up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't have it. They are fourth. They are fourth. fourth. I okay, f- I think fourth. we're tied. Tied second Tied. points, though, aren't we? Yeah, I uh, think there's yeah, a- yeah, yeah, yeah. So about three teams. Technically second, and Titans yeah. haven't lost a game yet, so they're sitting on top. But yeah, but yeah, they they look a, they look a really good team this year, or first time. Yeah, uh, yeah. A few stats from the girls' games. The girls had fifty five percent of possessions, seventy five percent in uh, completions, twenty four or thirty two, which is pretty good. Uh, only seventy one. Again, the Raiders only seventy one percent and one. As well, errors ten each, penalties eight seven, pretty much uh, eleven offloads from the girls compared to Canberra's twos. They do love love an offload. The girls as yeah, offloading was one of the three stats they were leading going into the third round. Um, I think it was that run meters, um, and there was a and there's a and there was a third one. I don't know mm. if they're still leading all three now, but offloading apparently was a bit of a focus over the preseason because it was a been a big focus of their first three games and they've beaten the opposition quite convincingly in all in all three yeah uh run run meters pretty much even post contact meters raiders a little a fair bit more uh 588 to 450 their line breaks five each so everything's pretty pretty even um statistic wise in this one too very similar to first grade it was just Mm-hmm. Again, the bounce of the ball and injuries and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of kind of heartbreaking to uh, to let it slip. So, any anything else to add on that game, as? Uh, I just think they'll um, they'll take the loss. They'll bounce back against the the Cowboys um, Saturday coming. So that that should be a good fun game to watch too. And we'll obviously preview that on uh, Wednesday. Uh, yep. But also, big happy birthday to the Curtin twins. Uh, it is Emily too, yeah. Sophie, it's their birthday today. Yep. They're 21, 22? Uh, 22, I think. 22. Uh, play Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift song. Uh, right, player ratings time. So thank you to all who submitted their player ratings for this game. I did a 3-2-1 for the girls too. And I just realized I totally forgot to... Um, to calculate that, so might save that for Wednesday's show. And uh, now, but uh, for the men's the player ratings, Dream Buller seven point two, 
David Nofaluma, 4.9. Stafford Toa, 5.5. Junior Tupo, 6.0. Uh, Charlie Staines, 5.9. Dane Laurie, 6.1. Brooksy, he's got 8.3. Uh, Twally, 7.0. Appy Corosau, 8.1. David Clemmer, 6.5. Isaiah Papali'i, 6.9. Uh, John Bateman, 6.7. Fanil Pole, 6.6. Jakey Simpkin, 5.0. Justin Matamua, 5.3. Atazi James, 5.7. And Alex Afar, 5.6. So a lot of fives and sixes. A very mediocre uh, scorecard this week. Joel, uh, any numbers there? Do you think are harsh, harsh, do you think? Yeah. Uh, actually, no, it doesn't look too bad. It's quite similar to what I've got for the most part. Nofaluma maybe could have got up to five. Yeah, I think people are a little bit harsh on Nofa in this one. You know, he did make that mistake at the end, but... Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, yeah he also... I mean, I know he took that intercept for that that try, and he he ran quite well and was showed his pace. But he, that quite often in that corner they would throw the ball and he would go for an intercept and he does this a lot and he will miss. Mm. He really tries to get that intercept because he knows he's he can be pretty quick. But I just wish he'd just sort of stay out on his wing there. Again, yeah. it, it worked this time, sure, but you know what if it doesn't? And there was, I'm sure, another pass that went over his head and then went out. Yeah. Um, Canberra had a few that went out early on in the game. Yeah. Uh, he's just got to be careful and not run sideways and backwards so much would be great. Yeah, we talked about the bit of this yesterday as the sideways run. I don't mind not for people bag out his little sideways shuffle, but as long as he doesn't go backwards, I don't mind it. Is Like eventually sometimes he will find a hole, kind of like a running back finding a break in the um, the offensive line in NFL, if he shuffles across and then finds a line and goes forward, I don't mind it. It's If he gets driven backwards and loses ground, I think it's a bad thing. People kind of bag it out too. And wasting a little bit of time too in possession, like those extra 10, 15 seconds of him going laterally, it's, it's actually a bit of time for the forwards to kind of creep back and get their breath back. And the, the longer, the more minutes or seconds you have in possession is actually a good thing. So I don't know. I'm not – I actually, yeah, like Noffa – I wouldn't say like it, but don't hate Noffa's – yeah, his little lateral, lateral runs there. So, yeah, it, like I said, if he, he loses ground from it, then, yeah. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you do it. If you make ground, you make ground. So um, uh, what about you, As Any of these numbers – stand out that uh, don't seem overly fair? Well, I'm surprised Brooksy got as high as he did. Um, obviously, there's he's a very polarizing character when it comes mm. to these player ratings, and often he'll get marked down fairly harshly. So I'm actually quite surprised that he's as high as 8.3. Um, the other one I think probably surprises me a little is Isaiah Papali'i. We're starting to see the para. Yeah, I thought he was good. Upper. Um, mm. So I thought, I thought he might be a little bit low. Um, all things considered there, I th- I would have given him maybe probably about an eight, eight and a half um, hmm. thereabouts because he, he's been quite strong the last few weeks. It's just a shame we haven't been giving him the good early ball that he needs, the good early ball that he was getting from uh, Moses and Brown at Para. Um, if we can start doing that a lot more next year, he will start running over the top of players like he was doing for the Eels. And um, there was another one I was thinking, uh, who was it? Um, I feel like it's a little bit harsh to judge Charlie, only a 5.9 considering his limited game time. In what Mm. he was playing, he was pretty solid as well. Mm. Um, Definitely not out of place in our back line. I probably, Dane Laurie, 6.1. I probably would have given Dane a 7. I thought he, he was ripping in and, yeah, really, really trying hard and showing his passion. He really wanted to win this. He could float around because he's obviously leaving at the end of the year. Um, yeah, I, I quite liked Dane. Uh, in Quick question one. for you, Josh. Sure. If we win the game, how much higher do you reckon all of the players' scores oh, are? 20, like 0. 0.5? Yeah. Another, one, another, one whole point higher? You probably add, yeah, 20% to every score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's definitely... Cor- Difference between well, winning and losing. I can't remember. Like, 
but definitely our last win. I mean, the last win was a 66 to six. So I think we had a lot of eights in that one. <laughs> but yeah, if, if we had a won this one, definitely those fives become sixes and sixes become sevens, probably. So, uh, right. Oh, and on to some of the best comments in this. Uh, so thank you to those who filled out the form for the 10 to 1 player ratings. Keep an eye out it out for it on Saturday evening. What is it? 5.30 game. So game finishes about 7.30. So check our socials, Facebook, uh, Facebook and Twitter for the link to the Google, uh, what do you call it? Google survey. Uh, Miles says, being a Canberra local, I went and seen all four teams. I went and saw all four teams, Miles. Uh, just... <laughs> Work on your grammar there. All four teams, Jersey flag, New South Wales Cup on the Saturday and the women's and the men's on the Sunday. Uh, not one win all weekend. I know the women's and flag are doing all right. However, to sum up this club and the year in one quote, so close yet so far, keep up the great work on the pod, boys. Well, I feel bad for banging out your grammar because you just complimented us at the <laughs> end there. Uh, Justin said, once again, the refs decide the game. It was far from a perfect game, but they got close and probably should have won. Uh, Doreen says, Blind Freddy could see all those forward passes. NRL's corrupt. We were the better team. Uh, and that's it for this week. Patreon.com forward slash Westlife. Uh, we've got uh, Shane's rant and a little gift from Gussie to finish the show. Uh, so Shane's rant here. Uh, uh, another game, that's Shane Cohen, not Shane. Uh, for the yeah, People might not listen for a while. Shane Cohen, our Benji Marshall tier Patreon. Um, along with Gussie and a couple of others. So they get to have a rant at the end of each show. Joel, that's a Senate via email. But yeah, like I said, Gussie's got a little little gift for us. But Shane's rant this week, another game that was there for the taking uh, that touched, touched Judge's eyes are either painted on or stains impeded his line of sight. Uh, both referees and touch judges have both lost the art of refereeing. They know they can refer anything to the bunker, which has affected the quality of any budding referee. It's, yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, the game has turned to shit in most aspects at this level. The bunker rules on everything else bar forward passes. Why? Nothing makes sense in our game anymore. To all the younger fans, I really feel for you. You never got to see rugby league at its peak in the late 80s and 90s. I disagree. I reckon it was early 2000s, but maybe that's because that's when I was a teenager. As well, uh, a positive from yesterday was we looked better in attack, and Brooks may have finally found some form after an eight-year hiatus. So, a little backhanded compliment from Shane, uh, noted Brooksy uh, disliker. He is Shane. Ed, when do you? How old are you, Joel? If you don't mind me asking, you're thirty-ish. Yeah, thirty-nine. You're thirty-nine. Wow, what's your secret? I didn't think you'd be older than me. Um, when do you? When do you think rugby league? Was that its peak in your oh, life? That's a, yeah, that's a great question. So you um, would remember when, the 80s slightly? Slightly, yeah. It's when I sort of started getting into it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe early 2000s. I mean, it, it just depends, you know, being a Tigers fan. Yeah. Whenever we're playing advice. well is 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 the best. There's been a yeah. lot of, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have an answer for you for that one. Yeah, I don't know. Just looking off footage, I think early 2000s. Like even pre-West Tigers winning the comp, you look at the the origins and that sort of thing, That there's like Fittler, Johns, uh, Lockyer, like that sort of era. I don't know. The, like I, that was me as a teenager growing up playing footy. So maybe, yeah. maybe we all just kind of latch on to, um, yeah. I, I guess people with the 90s as well, they miss, especially Sydney people, they miss having all the... Um, the Bears and Magpies, Tigers. Uh, who am I missing there? There's another one that was around. Jets. The Gold Coast. The, no, Jets. Were, uh, they were the 80s. They were gone in 80, mid-80s. Someone in the comments will put me on that I, one. Oh, late 90s. We had South Queensland Crushers, Gold Coast Chargers, uh, Western Reds. Yeah, we had 20 teams. Uh, Wasn't there the a different um, Eagles team at some point as well? Oh, the Northern Eagles, of course. Yeah, Central Coast. They played half their games at Gosford and half at uh, Brookvale. And yeah, I grew up obviously grew up on the Central Coast, and everyone was pretty excited for the Central Coast Bears. 
and everyone just went fuck that i'm not going for manly so that merger was <laughs> never going to happen like they we, the central coast went from having going to get their own team to having sharing a team with manly it was just disastrous yeah and then manly uh kicked the bears out so yeah another reason to hate everything to do with the uh manly wearing seagulls Sea, yeah, seagulls, not seagulls. Oh, the seagulls, there was another one we had in the 90s. Before the Chargers, it was the seagulls. Right, Gussie, here's... Uh, so Gussie's collaborated with uh, Mr. Bashara today, and here's what Gussie has put together for us. So uh, this is Rob's... So if you're listening on audio, it just will come out as Rob's rant that he's recorded for Gussie here. But um, if you're watching on the video... Uh, Maybe turn the kids away because it's quite creepy. <laughs> Horrifying. G'day, boys. My rant this week is that we have gone backwards under a Sheen's Marshall coaching regime. Even with a much better forward pack, the wooden spoon, unfortunately, is a mere formality. We were promised an attractive style with 2005 DNA back in our coaching ranks, but all I see is a simple and mundane attacking style, which only created one line break yesterday, as opposed to Canberra's eight. Canberra were awful in the first half. They conceded a lot of ball, yet we were still behind at half time. Our three tries came off an intercept and two kicks, one of which where Brooksy was probably offside. I don't know what they do from Monday to Friday, but we can only judge them on what we see on game day. We seem to be too reliant on Appy Corusau. God love him, he's our best player by a mile. But for me, there seems to be no attention to detail. Junior Tupu kicking off the ball and going out on the full sums it up. He doesn't even take out kickoffs normally. So what systems do we have in place? And again, where is the attention to detail? The last play of the game sums up our IQ. We got a penalty a couple of metres out right next to the sideline. We kicked it straight out in a touch. Why didn't we take the mark back 10, 15, even 20 metres? Keep Canberra on the line. Give yourself some room. And what was our ingenious play on that last last play after full time? Put a bomb up. Wowee, that must have taken a lot of thought. And let's have it land seven metres out from the try line. So even if we caught it, we wouldn't have even been able to get a try. Look. We are just going backwards. This coaching staff needs to be removed. So do management, and especially that CEO who's giving our beautiful home game to New Zealand this week. What a fool. That's my rant. Hey, it's good to hear Mr. Bashara's voice there. So for those who are listening on audio, Gussie has used uh, AI, an AI app to turn a photo uh, of Rob into basically his mouth and head moving as he talks. So, which is quite, um, quite scary. Sort of face tune things, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, so thanks for that, Gussie. That's, uh, yeah, you got Rob back on just, the show. Just what I needed to watch before dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, go watch the Matildas. That'll be a bit better, uh, a <laughs> bit, bit less creepy. So, uh, we timed that well. Just, uh, I think the Matildas will be kicking off. They may have kicked off. It's just half. Uh, yeah, they kicked off about four, four minutes, minutes ago. Four minutes. Beautiful. In. So, um, thank you to everyone tuning in tonight at the earlier time slot. Yeah, we actually had quite a, quite a few of you tonight. I thought you'd all be uh, getting ready for the for the Matildas. So we appreciate every one of you on the Facebook and the YouTube stream, and thank you to the thousands of you that listen to us on audio. Every single episode, we can't believe, yeah, I say this a lot, but the fact that you're West Tigers fans and you want to listen to West Tigers content at the moment is um, very humbling. So, uh, Joel, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great to... Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. That's great. Trio. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah. Awesome. And as anything, before uh, we go to Wednesday, 8.30, where we preview... Uh, the men's v warriors and the girls v cowboys so 8 30 on wednesday night for that one uh not too much to add i think it's already been said already um I, we did forget to mention david nofaluma scored his 100th he try did. as a Sorry, tiger Noffa. uh so massive congrats to Noffa for that one he's obviously in an elite class of tigers try scorers now considering the second place is now benji and rowdy tied on 84 i believe it is so 
Yep, Noffa's in a league of his own up there. 104 NRL tries, 100 for the Tigers. So hmm. good good on him. Um, we'll see. Hopefully there's a few more at least this season. Uh, yeah, that that's pretty much it for me. Righto. Yeah, apart from that, go the Matildas. And as always, fellas, go the Tigers. Go the go Tigers. Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Mm-hmm.